How many stories have been written, movies made, TV series produced about people being lost, lost in the woods, lost in the wilderness, lost in the desert, lost at sea or on an island? The list is almost endless. Hansel and Gretel, Robinson Crusoe, Little Red Riding Hood, Gilligan's Island, Lost in Space, Lost, Castaway, Alive, The Revenant, Unbroken, and so many more. Some stories have a happy ending. Some end tragically. Sometimes people emerge with remarkable stories of survival and overcoming. Other stories will never be known. You may have seen the recent story in Alaska of the man who was being basically stalked by a grizzly bear for several days and fortunately a U.S. Coast Guard chopper that just happened to be flying by saw his call for help and saved his life. And we're drawn to these stories in which people cope with life at its most basic level of survival in difficult circumstances without losing heart or hope, without giving in to fear but holding on to faith. And while you may not be in a physical wilderness today, at least you don't look like it to me, the times we are living in are filled with uncertainty, and many of us have a sense of anxiety and dread and fear about the present and the future. The illusion of control and stability that many of us have lived with for some time has been shattered by many different causes and events from changes in our own health, the COVID-19 pandemic, fears about the increasing intensity of heat, drought, and wildfires in some places, and rain, floods, and storms in others, to our own inability to even acknowledge what is true and factual. How do we live faithfully when so much seems uncertain? Today's book of the Bible, as Pat shared, is largely about embracing uncertainty, which makes it very appropriate for our time, specifically the uncertainty of trying to live faithfully when much is unknown and unpredictable. The English title Numbers comes from the Greek and Latin translations. It's based on the numbering or the census of the people in Numbers chapters 1 through 4 and chapter 26. I prefer the title in the Hebrew Bible. In the Hebrew Bible, it's called In the Wilderness, referring to the long period generally regarded as 40 years that the people spent in the wilderness. And this was not the people's finest hour of faithfulness. Again and again, the people, rather than accepting and embracing the uncertainty of life, complained, remembering in an idealized way the relative security of being enslaved in Egypt compared with the precarious insecurity of life and freedom in the wilderness. Human beings have an incredible skill that's called selective memory. And what the Israelites remembered as this long, glorious menu of food that Pat read for you I mean, this is what they remember. They don't remember the fact they were enslaved. We had garlic. Now, I don't want to be too hard on them because, you know, we've been living with increased uncertainty for a much shorter period of time, and we're not handling it so well either, and 40 years of it is a long time. 
If that's not enough, in the wilderness there were power struggles among the leaders, raising questions of who speaks for God. There was dissension even in Moses' own tribe of Levi over his leadership. One revolt was instigated by his own brother and sister, Aaron and Miriam. Others would rise against Moses later in chapter 16. It was a tough time for everyone. And at times, Moses is just ready to quit, as again, Pat read for us. And I don't blame him at all. I mean, here he is giving everything he has as a leader, and all the people keep doing is criticizing, complaining, and undermining his leadership. I mean, yeah, he's ready to hand it in. Here, Someone else can do it. He's got his hands full with crises. He's got people questioning whether God is with them in the present, which seems so difficult, or could even guide them into the future, which was uncertain and unknown. And even with the people's rebelliousness, God's getting a little, but God's still faithful to the promises made to Israel's ancestors. And that brings us to Numbers chapter 14, where we pick up the story. Then all the congregation raised a loud cry, and the people wept that night, and all the Israelites complained against Moses and Aaron. The whole congregation said to them, would that we had died in the land of Egypt, or would that we had died in this wilderness. Why is the Lord bringing us into this land to fall by the sword? Our wives and our little ones will become booty. Would it not be better for us to go back to Egypt? So they said to one another, let's choose a captain. And go back to Egypt. Then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before all the assembly of the congregation of the Israelites. And Joshua, son of Nun, and Caleb, son of Jephunneh, were among those who had spied out the land, tore their clothes, and said to all the congregation of the Israelites, the land that we went through as spies is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord is pleased with us, he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land that flows with, here it is again, milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord and do not fear the people of the land, for they are no more than bread for us. Their protection is removed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. But the whole congregation threatened to stone them. Then the glory of the Lord appeared at the tent of meeting to all the Israelites, and the Lord said to Moses, how long will this people despise me? And how long will they refuse to believe in me, in spite of all the signs that I have done among them? That's it. That's where I'm stopping for now. (laughs) The first thing the Israelites needed to do and didn't that you need to do is realize that God is everywhere. Realize that God is everywhere, even in the uncertainty of the wilderness. It's like the people believed that God was with them back in Egypt when they were eating melons. As bad as things were for them there, but they don't believe God is with them where they are. It's not hard to believe sometimes that God was with us in the past, but God isn't with me here now. I can't imagine what it's like to go from one type of environment to a quite different one like the Israelites, but I know the desert wilderness can be disorienting to say the least. In his book, Walking the Bible, A Journey by Land Through the Five Books of Moses, 
Bruce Filer relates his experience as he sought to follow the journey of Moses and the people of Israel. And he describes the desert wilderness this way, light. The first thing you notice about the desert is the light. The second thing you notice about the desert is the space. The panorama is almost overwhelming with sand blowing across the ground, bushes bent against the wind, and everywhere, rocks, mesas, dunes, and mountains. The last thing you notice about the desert is the noise. In preparing for this part of our journey, I steeled myself for the silence. But once I stepped into the open terrain, I was amazed by the din The wind whining through the mountains, the sand tinkling against your face, the rocks beneath your feet. The desert destroys affectation. It demands authenticity. Come with a vague sense of identity. Leave with a deeper sense of self. I think Filer's correct about the desert and its role in shaping God's people, whether collectively in the book of Numbers or individually as we see with different people through the Bible and in life. The idea of the wilderness as a place of transformation has deep roots in the Bible. The desert wilderness is a place of uncertainty. It's a place of spiritual testing and growth, and God is there. Moses first meets God where? In the wilderness, after he flees Egypt because he had committed murder. The Israelites spend many years in the wilderness after the Exodus, having their faith tested and refined. In the New Testament, John the Baptist emerges from the wilderness, preaching about the need for repentance and for all people to turn their lives around and to turn them over to the Lord. It's in the wilderness that Jesus wrestles with his vocation to be a Messiah who would do God's will even suffer and die for the sins of others. It's in a deserted place that Jesus provides food for those who are hungry and shows that God is with them, even in the uncertainty of the wilderness. You turn to the book of Acts, and in Acts chapter 8, verse 26, we have this great story with Philip. It says, Then an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Get up and go toward the south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. And then it'll say in your Bible in parentheses, this is a wilderness road. That's like waving a spiritual flag on the page of your Bible to tell you it's a wilderness road. You know what that means? It means God's going to show up. Something's going to happen. And it does. You have to read Acts chapter 8. I don't have time to tell you that story today. So in the uncertainty of the wilderness, the first thing you want to do is realize that God is everywhere, even in the wilderness. The second thing you need to do is remember all that God has done for you. Remember all that God has done for you. In the fourth and fifth centuries, many Christians sought spiritual refuge and insight in the Egyptian desert. And Henry Nouwen writes about the desert wilderness. He says the desert, the Egyptian desert, but also our own spiritual desert has a double quality. It is wilderness and paradise. It is wilderness because in the desert we struggle against the, in quote, wild beasts who attack us. The demons of boredom, sadness, anger, and pride. 
However, it is also paradise because there we can meet God and taste already his peace and joy. In the wilderness, we discover that reclaiming our true self requires a total transformation. It requires a long and often slow process in which we enter more and more into the truth, that is, into a true relationship with God and through Him with ourselves. It's in the wilderness that you learn your utter dependence on God. And remember the one who delivers you and strengthens you for the challenges of life in a new place, in a new phase of your life. You may be led into or enter the wilderness at any point in your life, often for reasons beyond your control. A doctor speaks a sentence to you, and all of a sudden you're in a wilderness you never knew was coming, right? Being in a spiritual wilderness is both a scary place and a land of opportunity. And when you're in the desert of grief or fear or loneliness or despondency, the difficulties may make you wonder, how can you even go on? How can you survive? And the key thing to do when you're in the desert is to remember to remember the right thing. Remember to remember the right thing. The Israelites remembered something. But what they remembered, not entirely accurately, was the variety of their diet. This is not necessarily the most important thing to remember and hold on to in a crisis. What they didn't remember was all the Lord had done for them that enabled them to live to see this day. Slightly more important, perhaps, than melons, leeks, and garlic. And God says to Moses here, you know, after one more day of the people complaining, how long will these people reject me? Will they never believe me? Even after all the miraculous signs I have done among them. I mean, God's exasperated. God's had it right to here. <laughs> but you see, when you focus on what you don't have anymore that you miss, it may cause you to miss what you still have. You hear that? When you focus on what you don't have anymore that you miss, it may cause you to miss what you still have. Obviously, when someone you love dies, you miss them. However, if that's all you think about, you'll miss life and those who love you who are still present. And the Lord wants you to remember not just the past and what is gone, but to remember all the Lord has done for you. Because that's how your faith is built. That's how you're strengthened for the uncertain days that lie ahead for all of us. So realize that God is everywhere, even in the uncertainty of the wilderness. Remember all that God has done for you. And the third thing I want to encourage you is Refocus on God wherever you are. Wherever you are in the wilderness of life today, refocus on God because that helps you cope with uncertainty. It's important to keep on believing, especially when life is difficult, the future is uncertain, and it's easy to be fearful. One descendant of Moses put it this way. He said, we master fear through faith. Faith in the worthwhileness of life. 
and the trustworthiness of God, faith in the meaning of our pain and our striving, and confidence in God that will not cast us aside. But God will use each of us as a piece of priceless mosaic in the design of His universe. I think that's a beautiful image, isn't it? God will use each one of us as a piece of priceless mosaic in the design of His universe. When you find yourself in the wilderness and afraid, if that's where you may be today, remember that life is worthwhile, even if you have moments where it feels like it isn't. Remember that God can be trusted even when you find people sometimes can't. It's worth giving faith a fighting chance, and when we do, it may be the key that unlocks the door to meaning in our pain and in our struggles. So trust God who will not cast you aside and who will stay with you even in the wilderness of life when life seems to be at its worst. I love what Ernest Wadsworth wrote. He said, pray for a faith that will not shrink when it is washed in the waters of affliction. Pray for a faith that will not shrink when it is washed in the waters of affliction. So when you're in the wilderness, you know, you have a better chance to make it through if you have good survival gear. And for Christians, your survival gear includes a personal relationship with the Lord and knowledge of God's promises to God's people. Prayer, which you can do anytime, anywhere, to talk to and listen to God whenever and wherever you wish, especially when you feel like there is nowhere or no one else to turn to. We have the presence of the Spirit of Christ who will not leave you or forsake you and helps you to keep on persevering even as you struggle forward one day at a time. We have the company of friends, of sisters and brothers in Christ who will journey with you through the desert so that you're not truly alone. And that helps to ease your burden and you can help others in that way as well. We hold on to faith by remembering all that the Lord has done to preserve our life to this very day. And the reality for most of us is even after we begin a relationship with Jesus is that faith is not something we acquire once and for all. Faith is an insight that must be acquired at every single moment. What I mean by that is that every moment you're choosing, am I going to live out of fear or out of faith in this situation, in this situation, what am I going to lean into? Lewis Dunnington wrote, fear builds prison walls around a man and bars him in with dreads, anxieties, and timid doubts. Faith is the great liberator from prison walls. Fear paralyzes, faith empowers. Fear disheartens, faith encourages. Fear sickens, faith heals. Fear puts hopelessness at the heart of life while faith sees beyond the horizon and rejoices in God. Living faithfully in the wilderness means being willing to admit and accept that there is much about life and the future that is uncertain and unknown. Yet you and I are called to live and walk by faith even when we don't have and can't have all the answers about what's over the next hill or around the next corner of our life. Uncertainty is normal. Certainty is an illusion. None of us is guaranteed anything in life, not even the rest of this day. 
So rather than being surprised or shocked or disoriented by uncertainty, we can embrace that it's the nature of life. And what we can do in the face of uncertainty is realize that God is everywhere, even in the uncertainty of the wilderness. Remember all that God has done for you and refocus on God wherever you are because that will help you cope with uncertainty. Let's pray. God, some of us are deep in the wilderness today. The uncertainty we're facing is making us fearful and scared. Help us remember you're with us in the wilderness times when all else is lost and the future is unknown. Even when we come to the end of this worship service today, as we move through and out of the wilderness times in our lives, may we leave with a deeper sense of self and a deeper relationship with you. Help us to meet you and to know your peace and joy, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.